0: As I took my first steps through the entrance of the nature trail, I was confident that this was exactly the escape I needed to decompress. The damp soil sunk beneath my boots, flowers bloomed, the leaves on the trees shook and hummed gently in the summer breeze, and birds sang. I felt like I'd walked into the Garden of Eden. Lost in thought and devouring the beauty radiating itself through all my senses, I never heard the footsteps approaching behind me. Hey there, a woman's chipper voice plucked me out of paradise happy trailing I asked politely despite my annoyance at the disruption definitely I come here a lot when I need a break how about you the girl lingered slightly behind tucking her blonde hair behind her ear first timer but I brought reinforcements I said gesturing to the map in my hand there are better areas from when they were first building the trails they're not as well maintained but they're easy enough to follow they won't be on your map I'm taking one up to the river Some people say it's dirty, but I like to dip my feet in anyway. We were walking side by side now, our boots smacking the dirt trail in rhythm. I looked at her closely for the first time. We looked close enough to the same age, maybe her being a year or two younger. We were sporting identical hiking boots. In another life, we might have been friends. As if sensing my thoughts, the girl looked towards me and smiled. I'm Claudia by the way, do you care for a walking buddy? The forest is beautiful, but sometimes it feels lonely. I can show you the river. I hesitated and nearly declined. I had come out here to escape, not to be social, but she seemed nice and a river view sounded amazing. I'm Avery and I'm in, lead the way. After a few minutes, Claudia gestured to a thin trail barely visible through the overgrown vegetation. I stood at the small opening, thinking about the critters living there, wondering if they bit, so much for easy to follow. As the trail widened a few yards in, my worries fell it was beautiful. The sun glistened as it danced through the leaves. Claudia put her arm out for me to stop and pointed. In the distance, a fawn lingered near its mother. In this moment, I was so glad to have met her. As we trekked on, the foliage became more dense and only small streams of light flicked through. A light and pleasant odor smelled in the breeze. It seemed familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Mold growing on stagnant water was my best guess. A gentle mist twirled in the rays of light between the leaves. As I followed Claudia in silence, I wondered just how well she knew the trails. She hadn't hesitated, but the mist was flirting with fog by the minute. Claudia kept moving forward, as if pulled by an invisible string. Out of the corner of my eye, something moved on the edges of the fog to my left. My heart picking up speed, I closed the gap that had gradually formed between us. I think there's something out there, I whispered. Claudia didn't slow down, but she turned back towards me and giggled. Of course, there's something out there. There's a lot of somethings. We're in a forest. Claudia must have seen the fear on my face and as an afterthought asked, Was it big? I'm not sure. I admitted nervously. I only saw it for a second. It disappeared behind a tree. It was pretty far out, but I think it's moving in the same direction we are. Claudia kept her pace, but she agreed she'd keep an eye out. For the last 20 minutes, she'd kept her eyes firmly on the trail, so somehow I doubted that. I looked up over her shoulder and finally realized what she'd been so fixated on. There was something large up ahead peeking out through the fog. It's a cabin. Oh man, this is amazing, Claudia exclaimed. My dad told me about these. During tourist season, the park rangers stay out here. I watched the fog drop into the hole in the roof of the cabin. It doesn't look like anyone's lived here in a long time, I remarked. I'd only known Claudia from the trail, and yet I knew she was going to suggest we go in and explore. She was the adventure to my play it safe. On second thought, maybe we wouldn't have been friends in another life. Claudia started to speak, but I couldn't hear her over the thumping of my heartbeat in my ears. Closer than before, the thing from earlier stood still ahead of the cabin. It was watching us. The fog obscured my vision, but I could see it was wearing something dark that fluttered in the wind. Let's go inside. I interrupted her. Her eyes opened wide as I stormed past her. The door groaned its protest as I threw it open and flew inside. That thing from earlier followed us here, Claudia. It was watching us. We need to figure out a way to get out of here. It's ahead of the cabin. I think we can go back the way we came. Can you see the trail well enough to run? Claudia stood staring at me, cheeks flushing. I've never been to this cabin before. I lost the trail a little ways back. I figured we could group here and make a plan. Are you sure there's something out there? For a moment, I was dumbstruck. She had lost the trail. We were screwed. Finally, I choked out. I'm positive. It was some freak in a dark flowing gown or something. How did you lose the trail? I thought you said you came here all the time. I hissed. Fear slithered its way from my stomach. I mean, sure, but not in the fog. I was hoping we'd beat it and be able to watch it float across the river. It's gorgeous. Claudia looked uncomfortable. I know she didn't lead us off trail intentionally, but it didn't feel that way especially with some freak following us, slowly moving closer. Let's look around and see if there's anything here we can use to defend ourselves. Then we need to try to get out of here. I could hear the frustration in my tone. I never should have followed a stranger into the forest. How could I be so stupid? I went left towards the kitchen as Claudia made her way towards the back rooms. I opened several drawers and cabinets to find nothing but spiders and dust. Defeated, I headed to meet up with Claudia, hoping she'd had more luck. As I entered, the first thing to hit me was a putrid smell. Claudia was bent over the bed in the corner of the room softly crying. On top of a bare, stained mattress was a decomposing body. Blonde hair clumped around the partially exposed skull. As the body had turned to liquid, the red and white plaid shirt had turned a nasty brownish along the torso. It would have been completely unidentifiable if not for the clothing. Flaudia was staring down at her own red and white plaid shirt, pulling on it, willing it to not be true, Both Claudia and the body on the bed both adorned the same denim shorts, a small rip along the right hem. The arms of the body were cuffed to the bed. Both feet were bound. I slowly stepped back as Claudia whispered over and over, No, it cannot be. As I reached for her, Claudia finally looked up. I yelped and jerked my hand back. Claudia's face now mirrored the body on the bed. The blonde hair she'd pushed behind her ear earlier now dirty, clumped, and missing in patches. Her eyes, long since disintegrated, leaked a gelatinous substance from the empty sockets. The few patches of skin left on her face hum like dry snake skin. I'm sorry, Avery, I just can't handle this. She garbled with her stumped tongue and a mouth with no lips left to help enunciate. She ran out of the cabin door and back into the forest. Shock paralyzed me, and insanity threatened to leave me in the fetal position in the corner, waiting for someone to rescue me. But deep down I knew no one would come, That's why Claudia's body was still lying here, left to be. I couldn't stay here, but leaving meant facing the follower. The thing lingering in the woods. It was possible that the person who got Claudia and the follower were one and the same, but somehow I didn't think so. I did the only thing I could do. I peeked my head out of the front door to make sure no one was waiting for me outside, and I headed back out into the forest. I had two options. Continue on in the direction Claudia had been leading me or attempt to find the thin trail in the fog Claudia had somehow managed to lose and head back to the main trail. Upon inspecting, the trail seemed easier to follow heading in the direction we had originally been moving. So onward it was. The further on I went, the denser the fog. The foul smell from earlier slid down my nostrils and made my lungs ache. Through the corner of my eyes, the follower inched closer. I kept my eyes forward to keep my sanity. I stopped briefly to catch my breath. I'd been nearly running for close to 10 minutes. I was terrified to stop, but the built up lactic acid in my muscles begged to differ. As my breath quieted, I heard running water. The river. Just like Claudia had said, I had to be close to the original trails. I pulled out my map to try to make a guess at where I could possibly be and how to get the hell out of here. While I couldn't be sure as to my exact location, I could see where the main trail met up with the river. I could be anywhere from a few feet to a few miles. The fog was so dense I couldn't see more than two feet from my nose. My hope was by the time I was near the trail I'd be able to see it. I inched forward slowly, carefully. Up ahead, something dark moved from higher up in a tree and floated down on the breeze. It fluttered like a down large bird. But as it neared I realized in horror what was coming. I tried to scurry back, tripping over a rock on the trail. My tailbone screamed painfully as it hit the hard ground below. I scooted frantically away but made no real progress. The follower continued its descent. It hovered just above the ground, and although its face was shrouded in the same black fabric, I could feel its eyes bore through me. My body shook as it looked down at me, waiting. Slowly, it extended its arm towards me. The sleeve pushed back to reveal what I believed to be a woman's hand. The nails were long and the skin carried the grayish hue of rot. As the hand uncurled itself, I struggled to tear my eyes from the golden sigils that started just under the fingernail continuing up past the sleeve. It took me a moment to realize it was offering to help me up. I started to extend my own hand before hearing Claudia whisper, She'll help you up, but she'll take you. We can stay in the forest together. We can be friends. Any part of me that questioned my sanity was squashed by Claudia's breath leaving condensation against my neck. I've been so lonely out here, Avery. I've been so lonely for so long. Suddenly, I recognized the smell carried by the fog. Once when I was young, a mouse died behind one of the walls in the kitchen. In the summer, the smell became unbearable. My mother begged my father to cut the wall open, to pull the mouse from its poorly sealed coffin, but my father refused. We ate dinner outside to avoid ruining our appetites. Eventually, the smell faded and things returned to normal, but I'd never completely forgotten the smell. The fog in my childhood home both smelled of death. The follower was still waiting with her hand extended for my response. I crawled backwards slowly. The follower remained still. I sprang to my feet and ran back the way I had went. I tripped twice, skinning my knee, but I didn't stop. After a few minutes, I ventured a look behind me. The follower wasn't there. I slowed to a walk, desperately looking for the trail. The fog was slowly pulling back. After nearly 10 minutes of panic, I'd found the small trail Claudia and I had started on. To both my relief and dismay, I didn't pass the cabin again. Just as panic threatened to take hold, the fog cleared enough to reveal the main trail just up ahead. I broke out in a sprint. As soon as I hit the trail entrance, I called the police. I knew if I told them the whole story about Claudia, they'd never believe me, but there was plenty I could tell. A park ranger who introduced himself as park ranger Thompson arrived first. I told him I'd begun on the main trail, but noticed a small side trail and decided to take it. He frowned at this, but continued to listen. I told him about how at some point I'd lost the trail, but continued on. I told him about the rundown cabin and the body chained to the bed. He stopped me there. You're telling me that in those woods, there's a cabin with a girl's body chained up and you didn't call the police then. I left my phone in the car. I came out here for a break from the real world, not to bring it with me. Well, ma'am, we haven't had a hiker go missing here in at least three years, and we've been all through here searching. I've never come across a rundown cabin, he responded flatly. She had blonde hair. I had started to cry for everything that had happened and the loss of someone who could have been a friend. She was wearing a white undershirt and a red and white plaid flannel. We had matching boots. My voice trailed off, my throat burned with the effort of containing sobs. The park ranger tensed. If this is some kind of joke, you need to leave right now. Anger wavering his voice. Why would I joke about this? What's wrong with you? She needs help. I felt insane. How could he understand? None of this made sense. My daughter went missing in these woods three years ago. She was last seen in a white undershirt, red and white plaid flannel, and brown hiking boots. His voice cracked. You said she's in a cabin. I stopped myself quickly, realizing my mistake. I heard park rangers stay in them during tourist season, but no one had lived there for a long time. There's no way. I tried my best to lead Ranger Thompson back to the side trail, back to his daughter. But without Claudia leading me, I couldn't find the trail. I swore it was there, and the hope for closure that flashed behind his eyes let me know he believed me. I'll pull the map for the original trails, maybe one of them will have the cabin on it. If you want to leave your number, I'll call you if I find it. On the drive home, I had too much time to think. I don't think Claudia knew she was gone when she first walked up beside me. I don't think she knew she was leading me to her body either. I think she herself was pulled by whatever it is that allows our souls to call a body a home. And I don't think the follower was a monster anymore. I think she was death, offering me an easier way out. I wonder if Ranger Thompson will call me after he finds Claudia, or if the follower will be waiting for him in the cabin, offering him an easier way. I wonder if Claudia will whisper in his ear about how lonely she's been. I wonder if her breath against the back of his neck will convince him to stay. Regardless, I'm staying off the trails. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. A few years ago, I bought a small house in southwest Maine. It's one story around 1,000 square feet. A few months after I bought the house, I got lonely and decided to buy a dog, whose name is Ace. There's a forest outside my home. I never bothered to do any of the normal things people do when there's a forest near them, like camp. However, Ace never liked the forest. He would bark or whine anytime I took him on a walk where the tree line was visible. I started realizing what was happening last winter. Every tree began to wilt and die simultaneously. If one leaf fell off a tree, that leaf fell off of every tree. When it became spring, all the leaves grew back at the same time and place as well. It's as if the forest grew as one. Two months ago, Ace picked up the habit of scratching my door any time I had locked him out of my room. He always makes a mess when I let him in though, so I have to keep the door closed. Two weeks ago, I heard a yelp. It was not Ace though. It came from somewhere around the back of my house. After that sound, I heard Ace running and whining and he started scratching my door. It wasn't normal though. It was frantic. I let him in my room and I swear I already saw the thing in my yard. I saw that thing staring at my door. I looked closer and all there was out there was the tree line. But I saw that thing out there, I know it. I couldn't sleep, nor could Ace. I stayed up and just scrolled through social media. I don't know what time it was, but I heard a yelp again. And after that, a long disgusting groan. I couldn't open my door, I couldn't. I didn't want to see those eyes turn into trees. All I did was sit there, thinking of what to do if there was something out there. The next morning, I don't know why, but I bought a pistol. Something told me to, a gut feeling. That night, it happened again. The yelping, groaning, scratching, and the staring. This time though, I went outside, the pistol at my side. Either that thing was going to end up with a hole in its head or I was going to be off, and I would be damned if I let the latter happen. I was sitting there in the 20 degree weather, just waiting, but nothing happened. I waited and waited but there was nothing, until Ace was scratching on my door. I looked around and saw it coming out of the tree line, the long pale limbs, the four different eyes and I heard the groan. But it wasn't a groan, it was a scream, the loudest scream I had ever heard. The thing ran at me and I drew my weapon. I was still firing when it was down. I moved to grab my phone to call the police and the second I turned around, it was gone. I called the police in shambles, not knowing what to do. I got a fine for prank calling 911, but I know what I saw. I have to move away. I can't look at that forest ever again. I don't know what is wrong with that forest, but it's not normal. Maybe it's cursed, haunted, or maybe this world has more secrets like this, waiting to emerge from the tree line. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news. All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 531 Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The United States is a diverse land of many different forms of life. From the fierce grizzly bears in the mountains of Alaska to the stealthy alligators in the swamps of Florida. Wherever you may be, there is always something unique about your state. That is until you get to Oklahoma. You see, Oklahoma is without a doubt one of the most boring places, maybe ever. Having lived here for 18 years, I'll be the first person to tell you that. Sure, there are large cities, just like any other civilization. However, they are spread out over tens, even hundreds of miles apart. What you are left with in between those cities is what some refer to as the sticks or the boondocks, or the country whatever you choose to call it, and that is where I'm from. In the sticks it consists of four main elements, lots of trees, lots of crops, lots of wildlife, and the occasional Walmart or Dollar General. Since there is not a lot to do out here, that is where most Oklahoma residents take up the pastime of hunting, and that is where my story begins. It was a cold November night, right in the heart of deer season, I was laying in bed enjoying a video game I was playing when there was a knock on my bedroom door. It opened and my dad walked in. Hey kid, he said. Yes dad. You haven't been hunting this season yet, why don't you take my bow and I'll get you set up and in the morning you can head out there and go get us something. He's really putting me on the spot here. I thought to myself, yeah sure why not, I said to him. He told me to dress warm and to meet him outside by the front door in 10 minutes so we could walk out to the spot so I would know where to go when it was time to leave tomorrow. We began our walk into the woods. With every step we took, I began to get a little bit more annoyed. Where are we going? I thought to myself. I thought we were just gonna go behind the house. I didn't know we were gonna have to hike to the hunting spot. Dang, what was I thinking? I should have just said no. When we finally arrived at the hunting spot, we were more than a mile out into the wilderness behind my house. He finally stopped by a huge oak tree and pointed his flashlight at some cedar trees that were off to the side. See it, he said. No, I don't, I replied. He walked closer and shined his flashlight into the trees to reveal a tiny chair that was hidden under some tree branches and sticks. That is where you're gonna set up in the morning. Got that? I nodded my head as he tossed out some dried corn to attract the deer in the morning for when I came back. What time do I need to head out here? I asked my dad, expecting him to say six to seven in the morning. He then muttered you need to be up and ready to head out by four in the morning. My heart sank, it was going to be pitch black outside. There's no way I was going to be able to make it all the way out here in the pitch black. We finally made it back to the house by 11.30 and I headed up to my room to get as much sleep as possible before this hunting trip. I woke to the painful sound of my alarm blaring into my dark room. I looked at my phone and it was 3.40. I sighed and sat up. I put on the warmest clothes I could find and made my way out into the living room. There on the couch sat my dad's bow, two arrows, and a small but sharp hunting knife. I grabbed the gear plus a flashlight and made my way out the front door. Navigating the woods at night was an extremely frightening experience that took much longer than what I would have wished. I left my house at 4 and I did not arrive at the hunting location until 4.37. I was impressed with just how many trees I managed to walk into and how many times I almost tripped over large logs even with the help of my flashlight. Once I arrived I sat down in the little uncomfortable plastic chair and began waiting. My dad wanted me out here so early because it makes it a lot easier for the hunter to sneak into his spot and the deer not being able to watch him. I'll never forget the paranoia I experienced in those woods in the pitch black. That feeling of not wanting to breathe too loud because something or someone might hear you is like no other. After roughly 15 minutes of sitting in the quiet darkness, I heard it. Sticks snapping and leaves crunching. It was a deer walking to my spot. My heart began to pound as I listened closer. The leaves continued to crunch with each footstep, but that's when I picked up on something strange. Is this thing walking on two legs? I thought to myself, it sounded just like a pair of human legs walking through the leaves. Is it my dad? I thought, Maybe I forgot something at the house. Surely it has to be him, but no, it couldn't have been him. The footsteps were coming from the woods, not the trail we walked. The footsteps emerged from the woods and stopped. After a short pause, it took one step towards me. A moment later, it took one more step in my direction. I began to get nervous. Deer shouldn't be acting this way. What the hell is this thing? I raised my flashlight up from my lap and in a moment of pure bravery and stupidity, I clicked my flashlight on. What I saw in front of me still haunts me to this very day. In front of me stood a creature no shorter than ten feet tall. It stood on two legs. It was covered in black fur. The face was human, I believe. The face looked to be of a man's face. The eyes were closed and the mouth was contorted into a sinister grin. It had two great big antlers that seemed to come off of an elk or a moose. It had hooves for feet and its arms were long and skinny, but it had what appeared to be claws on the end of its hands. As soon as I saw this thing, I clicked off my flashlight, praying it didn't see me. Too late. I almost started gagging from fear when I heard this thing sprinting at me. As fast as I could, I loaded an arrow and drew back the bow. Without hesitation, I fired the bow into the darkness, hoping I could hit the creature, but I missed. I heard the arrow whistle off into the woods before striking a tree. Crap, stupid idea, I thought. I immediately stood up and began sprinting down the trail. The creature was in close pursuit. I ran faster than I knew I could down this trail. When I was almost halfway home, I began to naturally run slower because of fatigue, and that's when it swiped at me. It hit me directly in my right calf. I stumbled and fell off the trail and into a nearby ditch. Once I fell in, I could immediately feel the crimson begin to start gushing out of my leg. I quickly tore off my hoodie and wrapped it around my leg as a temporary tourniquet. However, my bleeding leg was the least of my worries. The creature jumped down into the ditch with great force and began swiping at the ground, hoping to hit me. Luckily, the thing landed about 20 feet away from me so I had some time to spare. I hurriedly pulled out my flashlight and threw it behind the creature. Upon hearing the flashlight hit the leaves, it turned around and began swiping at the ground once again. As quickly and quietly as possible, I crawled out of the ditch. On my way out, I heard the creature begin to make a clicking noise from its mouth. Now I can't confirm it but I assumed that noise was the creature using echolocation to find me. If this thing is blind how did it see my flashlight back at the hunting spot, I thought. Then I realized I had to click my flashlight on, and the creature probably heard that. Despite now knowing it was using audio to track me, I still ran to the best of my ability out of the woods. The thing didn't follow me out. I made it home and crashed through my front door, bleeding all over the place. My parents took me to the emergency room to get stitched up. They asked me what happened and I told them what happened, but of course they didn't believe me. They assumed I fell while walking through the woods and tore open my leg somehow. And after a while, I began to think the same thing. Maybe I was sleepwalking and fell. Maybe I was hallucinating, who knows, is what I used to tell myself. I almost forgot about my experience until today. My dad went out hunting and was supposed to be back three hours ago. Me and my mother began to get worried. I walked out my front door. I planned on going to look for my dad and that's when I heard it, screaming. I don't know if it was my dad's or if it was just a wild animal, but we called the police anyway, and as I type this, I can hear a faint clicking out by the woods, and if I look hard enough, I think I can make out a human face looking up at my window. Please, if you are ever in the forests of Oklahoma, be extra quiet. You never know what is going to hear you. I used to be a forest officer in a European nation. My job was to protect and preserve the forests as well as to ensure the safety of those who entered them. However, as I soon discovered, the forests held many secrets and dangers that I never could have imagined. One of my first encounters with the unknown occurred while I was on a routine patrol deep in the heart of the forest. I had been walking for hours and was getting ready to turn back when I heard a strange noise. At first, I thought it was just an animal, but as I got closer, I realized that it was something else entirely. The sound was like nothing I had ever heard before, a low, guttural growling that seemed to be coming from the very earth itself. I was terrified, but I knew I had to investigate. I followed the sound until I came upon a clearing, and there, in the center of the clearing, stood a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was huge, with shaggy black fur and glowing yellow eyes. It had a long snout and razor sharp teeth, and it was clearly agitated. I froze, unsure of what to do. The creature seemed to sense my presence and turned its gaze towards me. For a moment, we just stood there, staring at each other, and then, without warning, it lunged at me. I managed to dodge out of the way just in time, and the creature crashed into the trees behind me. I took off running, not daring to look back. I ran for miles, not stopping until I was sure that I was safe. I reported the encounter to my superiors, but they didn't believe me. They thought I had imagined it or that it was some kind of wild animal. But I knew what I had seen and I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something sinister lurking in the forest. Over the next few months, I started to notice other strange occurrences. I would hear strange noises at night and I would find strange symbols carved into the trees. I would come across abandoned campsites with no sign of the occupants. I knew that something was not right and I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I decided to talk to my fellow forest officers to see if they had had any similar experiences. To my surprise, many of them had. They had seen strange creatures, heard strange noises, and found strange symbols in the forest. We all knew that there was something dark and sinister lurking in the forest and we were determined to find out what it was. We started to investigate and do research on the legends and folklore of the forest. We found out that the forest had a long history of strange and terrifying occurrences. From ancient curses to mysterious creatures, the forest seemed to be alive with danger. One night, I decided to go back to the clearing where I had seen the creature. I was determined to find out what it was and I was armed with a flashlight and a camera. I arrived at the clearing and started to take photos of the area. As I was taking a photo, I heard a loud growling noise. I quickly turned around and saw the creature from before staring at me with its glowing yellow eyes. I was terrified but I knew I had to get a good shot of the creature. I quickly snapped a photo and the creature lunged at me. I managed to dodge out of the way and ran as fast as I could. I didn't stop running until I was back at my station. The next day I showed the photo to my colleagues and we were all shocked. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. The creature in the photo was like nothing we had ever seen before. It looked like some kind of wild animal, but it was much larger and more aggressive than any animal we had ever encountered. We knew that we had to find out more about this creature, so we started to investigate further. We contacted local experts in wildlife and biology, but none of them had ever seen or heard of anything like this before. We also reached out to local indigenous communities to see if they had any knowledge of this creature, but they too had never seen or heard of anything like it before. We were at a loss as to what this creature could be. We knew that it was dangerous and we knew that we had to do something to protect the people who entered the forest. We decided to set up cameras and traps in the area to try and capture the creature. We also increased our patrols in the area and warned hikers and campers to be extra cautious. Despite our efforts, we never saw the creature again. But the strange occurrences in the forest continued. We found more abandoned campsites and heard more strange noises at night. We knew that the creature was still out there and we knew that we had to be vigilant. As a forest officer, it was my duty to protect the forest and the people who entered it. But I also knew that the forest held many secrets and dangers that I never could have imagined. I knew that there was something dark and sinister lurking in the forest and I knew that we had to be prepared for anything. To this day, the forest still holds many secrets and strange occurrences still happen. As a forest officer, I have learned to be vigilant and cautious, always ready for the unexpected. And I will always remember the terrifying encounter with the unknown creature deep in the heart of the forest.